Let's bring in Bill Baruch. He's the uh, president of Bullline Futures joining us this morning. Bill, it's good to have you here. Uh, I just wanted to get your, well, I do want to get your take on cryptocurrencies, the potential for this uh, contagion, what we're hearing in terms of concerns. But first, let's talk about crude, because this week we saw WCI to 84.70 overnight. Uh, and it seems like hopes for this China zero COVID policy easing uh, has diminished some with case counts on the rise again. Yeah, that was uh, <clears throat> quite the quite the hope over the last two weeks. And, um, you know, even as these rumors have come out, it's uh, you've seen the, the cases rise. I mean, it started in uh, Zeng, uh, Foxconn uh, was the big issue there. And, um, you know, I think it threw some cold water off what could have been a rally out above 90 bucks. Yesterday's inventory report was was pretty bearish as well. I mean, they just keep unloading the SPR. I think this it was it was a multi-week high, the three and a half million barrels of SPR. Ironically, uh, crude headline build was about three and a half million barrels. So a couple couple of headwinds there that the the price action has faced in, in recent days. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of support, 82 to 84. But our our narrative, you know, sort of way we describe, you know, in, in our writing and our in our research that goes out each day is is where's a floor, so to speak, that would be where you want to make sure you have a stop. And and we raised what what we would think of a floor as, as really being. Uh, earlier this week, but 89 and a half to 90 dollars. So the break below there uh, has opened the door for lower, and now we want to see a consolidation, some construction hold around 82 to 84 bucks. All right, so that gives us a couple levels to keep an eye on, and kind of getting back to the fundamentals and what you're watching here, Bill. I saw the head of the IEA uh, said yesterday, well, he said oil prices basically flirting with this 100 dollar level, raised some concerns uh, in terms of global recession, global economic uh, impact that they have. He also talked about OPEC's cut. He said he just basically questioned the decision ultimately, and he said uh, ultimately that it puts upward pressures on inflation it weakens the global economy so uh you know when you're talking crude here you could also talk about the u.s dollar i mean it's been coming off a little bit kind of supporting prices multiple contributing factors here but it stems right back to the discussion we started off the show talking about again the inflation data due out here today so yeah below 100 right now this morning but still 87 uh 90 a barrel i mean obviously this is a big concern in terms of the bigger picture as well when you're talking inflation yeah, I mean, everybody makes the producers out to be the bad guys. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's just the narrative. It's the easy punch. It's the easy political punch. At the end of the day, yeah, Saudi Aramco re record profits. I'm sure Saudi Arabia wants to keep it. And you know, I mean, for years and years of struggle. I mean, they they allowed what back in 2013, 2014 was it? They they allowed prices to to break lower to prove a point. I mean, mm -hmm. I listen. I I think I think their real concern here, more than anything, is is the spare capacity. And and if they continue to pump, uh, and you know, and they reach sort of a max capacity, mm -hmm. and this market continues to go higher, we're in even deeper trouble. So to pull back production here with prices when they were below $100, I, I mean, you can't argue with the move. Um, you know, overall, I mean, it, it's a very underinvested industry in general. So I mean, I think it, the problem really isn't OPEC, but but it's it's. You know, it's the U.S., it's global. I mean, there, there really is some issues, um, you know, and so it's a story for another time. I like that you bring the attention uh, to the spare capacity because when we were talking to them or uh, hearing about these production increases, we were concerned or doubting how much they were actually going to increase production because of their abilities to. And then uh, in terms of the Biden administration asking for more production as well, could they really was the question. And now that they talk about these production cuts, the real discussion here is it's not as bad as they were saying it's going to be because they were already kind of bringing in uh, uh, with that spare capacity concern uh, on the table there, bringing in less than they had told us they were. Let's talk a little bit about 
about uh, Bitcoin here, though. Obviously, one of the other focal points, in addition to crude prices and tying it back to the inflationary narrative uh, uh, and pressures that we're seeing in the Fed's uh, attempts to deal with it. You've got uh, a volatile week, to say the least, here for a product that normally uh, has kind of uh, embraced volatility. But under these circumstances, it seems like not so much. Yeah, I, I haven't been doing anything with it. Um, I was on the show, I think, last week with the late late show with Oliver, and um, you know they want to talk about Bitcoin. I, I'm not doing anything. I mean, wh what's there to talk about? I mean, now you have these blowups. Um, I mean, I guess if anything, you just kind of you hope for a bit more of a cleansing here, and, and maybe there's a there's a play in buying some value. Uh, but this this was a market that you know at the turn of the year it was clearly becoming broken, yeah. and um, you know it's either you got to step aside or you, or you just kind of hold hope, and, and hope's not a risk management strategy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean it's just kind of be patient here, see what ha happens, see how it plays out. I mean they, you give kids billions of dollars um, that don't have risk management experience, what are you going to do? Yeah, well you're going to see a situation like this develop it seems like uh at some point right many knew it was going to happen just didn't know exactly when the run up to 69,000 i remember everybody calling for 100,000 at that point and i'm sure I, some of some of those I, uh I, I was there i mean listen momentum it's okay to call for no it. question no question Perfectly fine to call for 100,000 if you have a risk management strategy to where to tap out yeah. and we did yeah well, we talked about, again, earlier in the office, the opportunity that uh, a move like that to 69000 presents ultimately. But uh, uh, obviously, again, there is some risk to the downside there as well. This rally, there's levels that you want to see this close above. You've got to look for confirmation. And I think 85000 was the level, but just kind of looking back in hindsight, it, it, it was it just couldn't get above there. And then we start closing below support. You know, there's nothing to do but step aside. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bill, let's talk a little bit about, well, you, you mentioned, again, how, uh, not so much a story in terms of you and your personal trading and uh, possibly some of your customers and, and what you've been recommending in terms of participation in. And similar situation here, right? I mean, I've been always talking about, and that was my point in the office this morning, on that run-up throughout 69,000. I mean, look at some of the other uh, products that were available to trade throughout that, the, the indices that we saw. I mean, huge trends that were available in currencies and, and some of the more reliable products like the energy markets and uh, uh, commodities in general. Uh, I mean, just unlimited opportunity. So, so I didn't really feel necessary to participate in a product that was not as well established as some of the others. But talk to us because there is some concern here. I mean, a lot of people tying this back to, well, this this potential for this $8 billion shortfall, uh, tying back to like a Lehman type situation or, or maybe not the same magnitude thereof, but the ripple effect could be widespread here. Well, I mean, the, the ripple effect overall, there's definitely some some banks, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that are leaning into the crypto. I mean, they're very well known. You look at like things like Silvergate, you look like the, even Silicon Valley Bank is, you know, which which sort of overlays a chart to, to Meta. Um, but Silicon Valley Bank, I, I think was, countries as well. I mean, when you think about it, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen the adoption thereof or attempts to in, in different areas. I mean, I don't want to get too much into, uh, you know, some of the specifics in terms of uh, who and, and get into the upper levels that they were buying into, but uh, uh, definitely we're, we're seeing some corrections here and that are going to have to be dealt with. Yeah, it's going to, it's, well, I mean, let's, take, let's talk about some, some of the tech companies in general without, you know, going, to, going too deep into the names of, but a lot of, a lot of CEOs were, were saying as well, that's right. Pretty big Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And, yeah. you know, it, with, with Bitcoin lower, it's going to draw down their balance sheet. And so that's, that's where they're looking at it right now. 
Uh, I always think back to some of the comments that Jamie Dimon's had uh, related to uh, harsh comments at times. So I think he's been pretty vocal about and kind of in the camp that we are in terms of kind of stay away from at the very least temporarily until we see some sort of regulatory uh, process or limited volatility, right? That was always one of the things that kind of uh, had me stepping away from it was that volatile environment and also stepping away from it in terms of the argument or the narrative that we we're going to see some sort of a more widespread adoption. I think, how's this thing going to replace the U.S. dollar when we're seeing 10% swings on an interstate basis? I mean, nobody wants to wake up to that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's not, it wasn't a stable stable currency going, you know, from 30 to 60,000, nor down from 60 to 30. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you, you, you know, what's the future here? Well, to see, I mean, the, you still hear CBDC payments, um, potential in different different avenues, different corners. Um, maybe this is the the cleansing, you know, kind of just flush out the the leverage for a bit, and, and maybe there's a story going forward. So that's where it's just being patient. Um, you know, focus this morning right now. You know, CPI. That's that's really what matters. That's really what's what's at the uh, the forefront. Uh, does this number come in hotter than expected, uh, or or is it soft? And we get a nice little rally. You know, nice little start of the midterm rally in equity markets. That's that's you know where my my focus is this morning. Kind of tying that back to commodities here, Bill. I think uh, one story here also would watch gold. Maybe if we start to see Bitcoin continue this decline because it had been, well, not necessarily the safe haven type product amidst some of the other concerns investors have been expressing. But if this gets a little bit more widespread, it'd be interesting to watch. We saw it spike above 1700 this week as well as Bitcoin's come off here. So maybe there is a bit of a tide. Bill, appreciate you joining us and sharing part of your Thursday with us. A very busy Thursday. Thanks again to you, Bill Baruch, the president of Blue Line Futures, joining us this morning.